Patel, welcome to the Trails Collective interview series. Thanks for doing this. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I can't complain. Uh, I think it's about to rain. It looks like it's about to pour on us, which we desperately need. And then that also means that I don't have to water our house plants that we now have outside. So nice. What's your day looked like today so far? Any running? No, I just started working again. Um, and I kind of worked from 6.30 in the morning till 5.30. So that was my whole entire day. Came back home and did a nice and easy jog around the park nearby. Nice. And, uh, a couple of miles just to as a recovery run. And then uh, shower, eight, and I'm here talking to you. Nice. Yeah, that's what Mondays are for me, too. It's either I wake up and I feel like if I want to run, I'll do like an easy run or I'll take the day off um, and just like go for a walk or something. And uh, nowadays it's so beautiful out in the morning and that's the only cool time. So, yeah, same. Um, I, I remember um, when I first met you, you did describe this like really long work, like commuting and stuff like that. So I just always how did you, how do you like get in the miles that you need to do because you do some pretty um epic adventure races like how do you get in the miles that you need or do you feel like you you just thrive on like maybe a lower mileage or what do you do um i would say a mid mileage i wouldn't go too low but i don't go in really high most of my mileage usually comes through a weekend uh that's when i usually like to get away just because i live near a city area and work near city area it's very populated and congested, so weekends I look forward to just getting out, and it just feels so good to be out outdoors in the nature. So I try to spend more time and get time on my feet and mileage. Yeah, and I mean, for the races that you do, you need to be on your feet for long periods of time, so probably some strategies working for you, because you have some pretty impressive results. <laughs> it's working for now. <laughs> Um, so take me back to when you started running. Did you run in high school and college? I did run in high school and college. Um, I started running when I was in elementary school because I wanted to take a day away from school because if you make the team, you get to take a day and go on this field trip to race other schools. And I was like, that is cool. And it doesn't count as an absent. So great i want to be part of that team and i just did it just to be part of the team not knowing that i will be running even now that's so cool what was your event um i made it for a 200 meter dash as a backup <laughs> and that's what like two strides for you devane is very devane is very tall um he's also a baller so uh we have that in common i was a baller so and um yes he's very tall so I bet that 200 meter didn't take you very long no I don't remember the time but it was pretty quick um and then in uh I got my ass kicked on that you, <laughs> in high school did you do track as well or did you cross country or um so in elementary school the high school coaches were there and he said you know you should look into coming out to uh you know the cross country team and joined the track team because he was a coach for both. And I was like, yeah, maybe, cause I've never really looked into running. I was mostly focusing on basketball, as you know. Um, so I didn't really care about running as a sport. My whole focus and 
everything went towards basketball. And, and then, where where did you go to high school? I went to high school in uh, in North Bergen. So it was the North Bergen High School. And that's in New York? It's in New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Were you like the big man on campus or? Uh, not really. I was just trying to fit in. I was, I was a pretty shy kid. Um, Where did you go to college? I went to college in Bloomfield College. Um, it was a D2 college. I got a scholarship for cross country. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I did not know that. Um, and so do you run all four years? I did run all four years in college. Uh, in high school, I did cross country for four years. And then uh, I did indoor track two years and I played basketball two years and then I did outdoor track for four years. Okay. Okay, cool. A lot of depth there. That's, uh, um, I don't know what I was expecting actually, but, uh, that's pretty cool. So when you graduated, um, did you, were you healthy all four years? Like no issues or anything? I've talked to a couple of runners and they were like up and down and then taking a break after college because they were burnt out and coming back. So what was your journey like there? Uh, freshman year in college, I was excited uh, to be part of the team and everything was new. So anytime there's new stuff, I'm always excited. Um, the team was great. Um, I, the practice and stuff could have been better. Uh, I was self-motivated more than anything. And then throughout the years, uh, like sophomore, junior years, injuries happened. I was also working. I was a full-time student. Um, a full-time athlete. I was working all the way in the city. So I was still work all the way in the city and my college was in New Jersey. And then um, school was, you know, it was a lot going on. I also worked on campus. So like, I really didn't have that college party life that everybody had. I was pretty much like being an adult, trying to pay off, you know, bills and everything. So, and injuries happened. So it was up and down pretty much. And then a senior came around. Um, I wasn't as good as I, I could have been, but I was happy and give my best, you know, to help the team out. And then I, when I finished college, I didn't want to run for a while. I kind of was burned out from everything for running for so long. So, I so just you, took continue, off. you continue that work ethic, just you work a lot now. Um, where does that come from? Uh, I guess growing up, um, my my mom and dad always worked hard. Like we never had anything. So everything we did was, you know, we had to work for it. So I think all the little things I've seen and being around my parents and know about not realizing will take me. And I think they always told me like, always work hard, you know, don't ask for stuff, you know, work for it. Uh, you appreciate it more when you, in your, when you work hard every money. When you buy something, you, you feel really accomplished. Like, you know, that's your hard work money. So you got something, you know, you use it more, you appreciate it more than someone just giving it to you. So even right now, I know my dad works hard and even when he's struggling. So it shows me like I have to work hard for the future at least, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet that also that hard work really translates well into ultra running too, because you just don't give up. Like, I remember you telling me about your first Hurt 100, and I was just like, I don't think 
that my brain could handle that, like what you did. And it was very impressive. We'll get into that. But um, so where, where are you, um, your parents from? Uh, my parents are from India, born India? there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, yes, I guess. Um, uh, what part of India? Uh, Ahmedabad is more of like central west. Is it a pretty poor place or is it more uh, developed? Uh, it was pretty poor place. Um, I don't have too much memories, but I remember when I was out there, there was no like concrete. It was, it was just dirt road and um, we didn't have like a house. We lived off an apartment and there was like 10, 15 people in like a small, like two bedroom, three bedroom. It was, yeah. Very family communal living kind of. Yeah. And then um, how old were you when you moved here? I was uh, five and a half, six years old. Okay. And um, did your parents just want, feel like a better life would happen in America and they just decided to work hard over here? Yeah, they just, you know, when you're in another country, uh, and this is, we're talking about 20 years or 20 plus years ago, you know, a lot has changed. But back then, you know, everybody just wanted to go to America. America is like the big, you know, dream country where you go the future is better and everything's better but nobody really knows until you come here right <laughs> you gotta work hard you gotta work hard anywhere you are so um yeah so yeah my mom's uh, side of the family was here so she came first so gotcha. okay yeah i mean i don't the thing is is like so especially now and the circles that we're in like we are very prosperous we're very privileged like we're lucky like like to live where we live generally speaking and I feel like especially now a lot of people are shitting on America because we do have a lot of problems but I just also recently read uh, I was like scrolling reddit a little bit while I was waiting and um just a person said like people that think that they have bad lives in America like you don't understand what other countries are dealing with like he was right. like I am posting this like I'm typing this out like so that I can post it later when we have our eight hour allotment of electricity it is 110 degrees here and we don't have electricity like it's just stuff like that so um I don't know like how much has changed in that like people still come here because we are very prosperous and we're a very rich country so I mean your parents made the right decision and I mean I'm glad you're here <laughs> I know uh I don't know how my life would have been in India but definitely a huge difference because I think I really got into sports and stuff I don't know how things would have been there I know I'll be still working over there hard <laughs> when do kids but, start working over there huh when do kids start working over there I don't think they have an age limit over there at least from what I know <laughs> well one of my friends um is Icelandic and um they start working kids at four years old but they get paid, it's kind of like a personal development program, but they call it work, they get paid, they have benefits. It's very interesting. I really want to look into that because she described it as this great thing. And then we, but then we over here like child labor, but then my dad, I grew up on a farm. My dad was like, screw that, get out in the field. It's like six in the morning. So, you know, it's very interesting just how different cultures like give kids responsibilities and who knows maybe giving more kids responsibilities will mature kids faster I guess yeah I think it helps to you know teach kids to do that like I don't think you should force it and everybody's different but um 
it's the way you do it, right? You know, the the kind approach, except like beating someone up, like you need to do this, you need to get a job, like you know, helping them and just doing it within the family, like your dad did it as you know within the family because that's your, you know, that's your child. So like when you do it within the family, just showing them how it feels, you know, to work hard and what it feels to earn money. So when they ask, when you ask your parents, you know how hard it is for them to earn that money. So, you know, you think twice before you say, oh, I want a video game because everybody has it. You're like, you know what? That costs this much. That's two days of hard work. So it makes you realize and appreciate things. So I think that in a way is really good. Yeah. Um, my barometer now is like, if I want to make a purchase, I'm like, I could get this or this is like half a pair of running shoes. So I think I'll put this back. <laughs> yeah. So after college, how long did you take off before you started running again? I looked on Ultra Sign Up and your first Ultra was back in 2010. Uh, the Knickerbocker 60K, which I looked up what a Knickerbocker is. <laughs> and um, that's pretty cool. Um, and you were the same age, right? I'm 28. You're 28, right? No, I'm 31. <laughs> Whatever. It's the semantics. I'll take 28. <laughs> You're 28. So what, um, did you start doing like marathons and road races? Cause you also paced for the New York city road runners guys. Devang does everything. It's serious. It's intense. Um, uh, so did you start doing road stuff before trials or did you just go to the trails? Uh, it's funny. You said that you looked up <laughs> my first ultra run up. Um, that race, I didn't know what I was doing or anything. I just did it because my friends challenged me because um, long story short, I never done a marathon. And I actually did my first marathon in that Knickerbocker. Okay. <laughs> so when they talked about the wall, I had no clue what it was and all that stuff. And I'm hanging out with the front pack of the group because I was always competitive when I was a road runner. Uh, I am in trails, but a little less. I'm more in, enjoying it. Uh, so when I was doing that, I, I was hanging out in the front, and my 18 hit the wall. I didn't want to give up, but again, my whole thing was to finish. I didn't have a time goal. I didn't have anything. I just wanted to prove that myself and my friends who made a bet, like I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd never done a marathon, and just to finish. So I, I ended up finishing, but I was in a lot of pain. There was a lot of stuff that I had to think about to make sure that I got to the finish line. I was hurting. You really had to dig deep. And something about that, I was like, when I finished, I couldn't walk for days, like two, three days. But after that, I was like, I like the challenge. Now I feel like I accomplished something and made me appreciate everything else around it. Just like hard work, you know? And I was like, I like it, but I didn't like that road was always beating me up. So you can notice, like, I don't do too much road running anymore. Uh, after college, I really just, I was burned out. And I also was burned out because I was getting injured a lot. I would train hard. And then I was having bad luck with injury because I was really skinny. I didn't know about, you know, cross training and all that. Um, I learned a lot in running all through my experience of being injured or, Everything else I'd learned is just like trial and error. Um, and also all this knowledge that we have nowadays with the technology and everything, like you want to find out you're injured, you can Google and, you know, it's there. There's so many resources now. Before I was all new, I didn't know much. 
Um, I always had a you know cross country coach or someone doing stuff for me. The learning everything on your own was always uh, it was a tough journey, but I think it made me mentally and physically stronger for like the ultra world. So after college, when I stopped running, I didn't want to run. I just played basketball here and there because um, I had ankle issues. And then one day, a friend of mine uh, went on a hike and she's like, oh, you should come with me. You know, it's great. And I was like, I'm not into all that stuff, but I did always love cross country because of outdoors. And I went on a hike and I fell in love again, like how much I missed just being outdoors in nature. And that's what I needed. And once I did that hike, after that I really connected and her, the friend that I went with, her husband was training like 100 mile races, 50 mile races. And I was like, what is your husband doing? He's like, oh, he's training for ultra. And I didn't know anything about the ultra world. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. That's pretty impressive. Like crazy, meaning like I look up to you and like you're impressive, but like crazy and like, wow, that's amazing crazy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could never do that. I was like, I've done 60K once and it was like really hard. And I was on the road and he's like, I don't know how you do this. And then, you know, they always talked me up. They, they were always nice. And they're like, whenever you go hiking, you, you should come. And when we, you know, when he runs, I need someone to hike with. And when I started hiking, I liked it a lot. And then one day my friend didn't come and it was just uh, the husband. And he's like, you should try running one with me. And then I did one and he was doing like repeats at Tammany and I couldn't keep up. I did like one, one and a half. And I was like, I don't know how you do it. I was like, you're, you're amazing. Like, I want to be like you when I grow older. <laughs> and I'm like this young kid. And this guy is just much older than me and just crushing it and made me realize, like, I look up to him. Like, I want to be like you. Like, how are you so strong and all that? And it got me into it. And then little by little, I got better. Um, my ankles were the, the biggest problems in trails because I had weak ankles. Uh, but with everything, with time, it got a little better. Um, but it's that's what opened up my trail running and ultra world uh, through that friend that got me to started hiking and doing stuff. So when you finished the Knickerbocker 60K, what did you win in the bet? Oh, I always know nothing special. What? I, I don't even remember actually. I think it was just like food or something. Oh, you now got a favor. You got to cash in with those guys. I tell you. Oh, you should <laughs> leave that one yeah. when you need it. Listen, it was more for me anyways. I, uh, I wanted to do it because I wanted to prove it to myself as well. I think when someone does it, uh, it just gives me more reasons for myself to be. It pumps me up to do it, so it was great. I always loved running, so <laughs> the challenges was just another way to find out my limits. So you say you used to deal with a lot of injury, and I've known you. And you've, we've, I mean, we've both had injuries, and we both, like, you know, it's just – it is what it is. Um, but how have you um, successfully navigated those injury struggles? Like you sort of knew what caused them, overtraining, being too thin. Um, how do you make sure you don't at least control those variables so that if you get injured, it's like, because I rolled my ankle. Yeah, my biggest problem is, uh, I think when I started ultra running, I used to have knee problems a lot and ankle was only because I used to roll a lot in basketball. Um, and trail running, it happens a lot when you do technical trails. And as you know, I'm really into the technical trails because of the challenge. And 
So as for rolling ankles, I rolled it so many times, I just know the protocol by now, <laughs> like what you need to do, uh, rest, ice, and compression, elevate, all that stuff. And then I have, the only problem right now is I have a chronic ankle injury and I have tear ligaments and stuff in there that I had posted a year ago about either to get surgery or not. And that was the biggest issue right now. But other than that, I learned about doing balance training and ankle movement training and strengthening it up as much as you can. So I do that here and there now, a little more than usual. You know, as runners, we don't take the time to like do a little bit of stretching, a little bit of core, a little bit of this, all that stuff adds up. And I realized, you know, I've been slacking on that. <laughs> sometimes that's my favorite thing, like foam rolling at night. I'm like, I sometimes don't want to get up. Just like I can just lay here on this foam roller. I'm a simple person. So I met you through um, Red Newt Racing and Marathon Peak Fitness. When did you join that team? I joined, I believe I was part of the team last year as my first time. I was always hanging around with the team and knew, knew the guys and always hanging. I wasn't part of the team, but they treated me like I was part of the team. And I just love hanging out with the people are the amazing thing. And that's why I ended up joining. It wasn't even about like, oh, I want to be part of this cool team. And that, even though we are cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, We're super cool. <laughs> but it's just, I think the culture and like the people that's part of it, that's what got my attention, like hanging out with them and doing amazing stuff like volunteering, like doing all these trail races, but like being involved with the running community and all the stuff that's around it. Yeah, it is really special. Um, I'm not really on the mountain side. I'm more like the road racing side, but it's just, it's really cool how we all sort of also look at, if you, if you see like a Red Newt Racing t-shirt, you're like, oh, that's my team. Like, you know, so it's, it's pretty, and it's all, there's always someone to cheer for too, which is cool because I don't run the technical stuff like you guys do, but I always know that if the, a race is gnarly, there's going to be a Red Newt Racing person in there and they're probably at the front. <laughs> Yeah, well, Ian puts on some of the best races for trail running, so. <laughs> Are you going to come out to Kyuga if it happens? Uh, I'm wearing the t-shirt right now, actually. Yeah, I have that one. I think we ran that race together. Did you beat me? I think you yeah, did. Yeah, we did run it together. Yeah, that first year. I, th I got second female. I think you and Jay, because I remember <laughs> we were running together when I went the wrong way. Yes, in the beginning. <laughs> Starting strong. It was great. Uh, no, that was super fun. Um, so are you running Cuba this year? Uh, my plan was to do the 50 um, to use as a training and base and then get ready for Manitou's. But it looks like all the races are getting canceled or rescheduled. So um, uh, hopefully Cayuga still happens. It'll be nice to uh, be part of it. But I do understand the safety and all the stuff that goes behind it, uh, you know, as a race director and even as runners, you know, it's important to do it the right way. So out of the races that you run, what is your favorite? Is it Please tell me it's not. Um, you did so I, well last year. You got fifth, right? I don't know what place, like, I just went for my time. I just wanted to make sure if I was in range, I was going to push myself to beat my time. 
Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, Manitou's is a 50 miler that runs about as difficult as a 100 miler. And um, it's really gnarly. And uh, Devang does very well, which I just, it's, it amazes me because he's so tall. And like, the and I'm tall, but I'm not that tall. And he's like the mechanics of like, I just, the, like the lanky limbs, I feel like I'm like a monkey all over the place and I just fall and somehow <laughs> you just go right over everything. And I'm like, I don't know how he does it. Oh, I fall out there. Trust me, just camera guys don't just catch me. <laughs> bro, bro, they only get your good side. So Manitou's is definitely one of my favorites because it's definitely, it, it goes deep in my heart just because that was actually my first 50 miler ever. Okay. And I remember having to write a letter to the RD and saying, I please, again, this was another challenge by a friend who said, I can't do that race because my nutrition, again, I'm not really good with nutrition. And this is, this was like my first year actually getting into the ultra world trail running. Jay? Uh, no, this was my other friend, England and uh, the, some other people. Okay. Uh, it was like more of a joking way. It wasn't like, you know, we're all close friends, but he's like, you know, race nutrition or out of race nutrition, uh, nutrition, because I don't eat a lot. Even when I was like do marathons or road running, I wouldn't oh, eat during a the race. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and if in order to do long races like that, with that many hours, uh, that I've never done, uh, you need to have proper nutrition. So if yeah. I don't eat, I'm not going to survive, which is true. And so that first time i really wanted to do that they're like you can't do it and they're like first of all it's really hard to get in because i remember you have to have a 50 mile or qualified race to show that you can do it because that race is really hard and they want to make sure people finish the race or you know at a certain time so i, I remember writing a letter and i was like please i really want to do this as my first 50 mile i know how hard it is i know the challenge of it but uh i would really really like to give it a try as my first 50 and then I remember they put me on the wait list. And actually, the day that we were doing Cayuga together, when I finished the race, I got an email from uh, Charlie, a race director, saying that, oh, you're off the wait list if you want to do it. And that's when I was like, yeah, why not? Let's give it a try. Right. So I think that race just has something, like, it, it's very unique for me just because it was my first 50, and obviously it was really, really hard. And for me to finish that race, uh, my goal was just to finish. And if I second goal was to finish before it got dark. And I never ran at night ever, <laughs> even before I ever trained. So I, I bought a headlamp two days before the race. And I never even got to turn it on because I luckily finished before it got dark. So, nice. yeah. And then after that, I was like, I got to do this race. I was miserable when I finished because I was like, oh, it's so hard. I don't know how people do it. And then like, I got to do this race. <laughs> so you're pretty good at grinding it out though. I want you to tell everybody about your Hurt 100 experience. That's your first hundred mile. And um, so I remember talking to you like a couple weeks before the race and you were like, oh, I'm injured. I've been injured for a while. And I was like, oh, that stinks. So like, I didn't wanna, I, I always struggle with like asking people about how their running is going after I know they've been injured because what if they're still injured? And then you're like, um, and then Devang finishes a hundred mile race. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so uh, what happened and how did you do that? So when I, 
did Manitou's, the, my first Manitou's, that was the, when I finished that race, I kind of had a little bit of more confidence um, when I did get into the race that I can do it because Manitou shows me, like, that's a hard race and you did it. And I always know hurt is really hard and I know how hard it is, how many, the percent of people that actually finished that race. Um, so going into it, mentally, I was prepared. Physically, uh, I had very, I, I hurt my ankle really, really badly. Uh, I forgot where, on what trail it was, but like really bad. Like I was running down and then um, like, instead of spraining the ankle, I came up with all my body weight and just rolled it with all my body weight. So it was a really bad, it took me out for a long time. And so I couldn't run and I couldn't do anything. And then I found out that I got into her. Someone messaged me like, oh, you got into her. And I was like, uh, not, I'm excited that I got in because it's really hard to get in, but I wasn't excited because I couldn't train. Um, so that was the downfall of it. And then I was actually not going to do the race. But my friend said, just, I was supposed to pace New York in November. So between Manitou's to November, that's when the injury was going on. So I was like, if I can pace New York City Marathon uh, at 3.30, which is my comfortable pace, and, you know, it's on road, then I should be okay. And I can make a decision then. And I did New York, and I did not. That was the first time ever I didn't feel good. Um, I didn't finish on pace. and. It was really hard. I couldn't walk. I had to stop. I had like food poisoning. It was like everything ever I could imagine happened. <laughs> so it gave me confidence like, oh, I'm not gonna do it. But at the end, my friends like, except sending the RD, I still wanted to go to Hawaii because my friends were doing it. So I decided I would just volunteer. But down the line from November to December, my friends like, if you're gonna go there, just do, one loop so i heard i think you have to do five loops i believe um five or four loops it's been a while but um it's a loop course so they're like even if you could do one loop at least you get to experience it you never done a hundred and they said many people don't finish that race anyway so don't feel bad if you don't you know finish like you dnf it's not it's one of those races where people go and dnf so it's okay and I think my friends convinced me down the line that, like, maybe I should just do one loop or as many miles as I can. And if I need to drop, drop. So not having that pressure was really great. And when I went into that race, um, I've been resting my ankle. I think I trained really hard from January to June uh, for Manitou's and doing well in Manitou's that when I wasn't training, I was really scared. But I think my body needed that to recover and I think it helped me I struggled out there but I think my body was recovered I was able to push a little bit more I was a little bit stronger mm -hmm. um the pain did kick, uh, kick in after 50 miles uh, I did the first loop I felt great and hurt uh second loop I tried to stay near people I was just talking enjoying and then I was like all right I'll do 50 then I guess and then if I need to stop I'll stop and then everyone's like you're doing great just keep going and then after that, it was all mental, uh, getting to the finish line. It really came down to mentally pushing yourself and being prepared. But I got to say, the A stations and the people around you make a huge difference. Um, as much as you can push mentally, but them 
giving you positive feedback and saying, oh, you have plenty of time. You can walk and you can, you'll, you can finish the race before cutoff time and all that stuff. And that race, well, middle of the race, we had an alert saying there was a missile uh, uh, happening, like someone launched a missile. So they had to uh, grab shelter in the middle of the race. So they had to extend the time because they weren't sure how serious it was. Um, it was a one epic race, but overall I ended up walking the last 25 miles to 40 miles, but I got it done and finished. And there were so many times I wanted to quit and I couldn't, my muscles hurt, but I just knew this was like that one chance. And I told myself, I got in this far, who knows when I'll have the opportunity to get in this race or come out here again and how many people want to do this. So I, sometimes you just got to start thinking deep like all the reasons why you need to finish um what was your time good question uh i think around 34. that's pretty good that's not bad because like her is a very hard 100. it's not Actually, like... i don't know you should have seen my time in ultra sorry i didn't i didn't write that one down i was too busy looking for your basketball stats um so you say that you mentioned that the volunteers and the aid stations were probably one of the reasons you got through the race with everything happening i kind of think that volunteers and aid stations are going to fall by the wayside for a little bit if people want to run trail races um how do you think that'll affect you in the future uh i think it's definitely gonna play a role uh not having Oh, actually, I finished in 33 hours, just under 33 hours. Oh, wow. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> um, A stations are great. Um, I can, they're useful if they're there and giving you the feedback. I'll always take it. But if they're not there, uh, I everybody's different. I can find my own ways to be motivated uh, and still find ways to get through it. It's just not as good though. No, I think it, it gives you a little bit of boost, you know, seeing people and stuff. But it depends on how your life is, right? If you're used to like, I, I'm used to being alone, training um, and stuff like that. Races when I really get to see people. So I get excited. I don't really do trainings and stuff with too many people and stuff. So when I'm at race, I look forward to meeting people, seeing friends and hanging out. Like that's my most favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's like finish the race and just be there and hang out, be in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's really the fun part. And because when you're happy and enjoying yourself, I think you perform better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, I'm not jumping into any races. Like I don't, because for me, it is the community. Like, I mean, I'll still train. I'll still work hard, even if there aren't races, but the races, the reason I like them is because of all the people. Same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, did you do Eastern States this past year as well? I think I saw that on there, but I wasn't sure if that was the year it was canceled or I don't remember. I did Eastern States last year. So every year I told myself after doing her that I want to do at least 100 a year. Okay. Um, doesn't matter what, what it is, just 100 a year. So this year is a little struggle because a lot of races are being canceled, but I'm, gonna find a way to get at least 100 in 
and yeah. 100 bike ride. That's the two things I got to do every year. And I mean, there's tons of people that are in the same position as you. So I bet you can convince a couple of your teammates to do it with you. Oh, yeah. Some of them already done hundreds on their own. Some on rooftops, some in their rooms, some around the block. Um, I, have, I have more crazy friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the crazy is coming out right now. Yep. Um, so what so you alluded to before the conversation that you have something coming up next week so um we're gonna do a follow-up because i want to know what this is but what so tell me what's going on next week next weekend i will be going to Caskills, which is the manatees weekend even though the manatees is not happening i have to be there because that weekend is very special where i really get to see all my teammates all my friends feel like I just it's just the environment and the community is so great I love it and it's a great region to get away from here um, so are you going is, are you meeting like all the red new, red new people or what's going on I'm meeting some of the team members um I'm also have some of my friends who even locally who's going to be there uh with their family some are just going to do trails some are doing part of the manatees course some are doing the whole course some are even doing more than the whole course uh, and I'm going to be trying to take part of some of the Manitou's course, or at least the full. You're so you're going to do Manitou's next week. What if you, are you going to, like, do you know the trails well enough to not get lost? Like, are they marked still? I think I've done it enough times to know uh, where to go. I might miss a turn or two, but I think I'll be able to get back on track. So are you, uh, is this like mostly a chill time or do you want to, are you trying to get a good time? Oh, no, this is more about having a good time. Uh, when I'm racing, I remember last year, it was, it was hard to enjoy. When you're racing and you, you're thinking about time, even when you're not, because you want to make sure you get to the finish line um, quicker as possible you can, you know, but this time, I think I get to take a little step back and take it a little bit more in. Um, I'm not going to be going all out, but I'm going to be hiking and jogging. Uh, hopefully, I don't know the time, because it's going to be really hot and humid, uh, it looks like. So goal is to finish one uh, safe, you know, not being hurt, make sure I get out of there without ankle injuries. That's always my number one goal now, making it out safely. Um, and so then that's, two, that's about like 55 miles. Like how are you like carrying all your nutrition the whole time or is somebody going to meet you or what's going on? Um, I'm going to try to have, so I haven't worked out the full details yet, but I know there's friends who's going to be out there. So we can have multiple cars. So hopefully we can have halfway point and then the finish. Um, we might be able to take most of the stuff on our packs, uh, we we still have to figure it out, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. We might have to carry a lot of stuff, so that's why it's more about enjoying it because we're carrying a lot of stuff and mm -hmm. and water is gonna be the biggest issue. Yeah, that's why it's important to have the filter. Mm -hmm. Carry the filter. Well, that'll be exciting, and I can't wait to follow up with you afterwards. Um, so something that um, I've dealt with, and I know you deal with a little bit, is imposter syndrome. And I want to talk a little bit about that because um, 
it's not really sandbagging, but it's more like, say you win a race, it's, it's like, it, rather than enjoying that accomplishment, I feel like you are someone that like tries to downplay it a lot, even if it is an accomplishment. And even though we all know you're not bragging, but so where does that come from? Like, you know, if, if, what, if I'm like, Dubang is so fast, you're like, no, no, I'm not. Like, so where does it come from? Um, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I like to be that person, the center of the room, like that needs to be the star or like the shine. And I, I guess I've been, when I started doing trail running, I think I've been around a lot of humble people. Uh, I have friends who've done the Grand Slam and all these crazy hundreds. And most people don't even know about them. They don't post like, they're not out there in podcasts. They're not Instagramming it. They're not Stravaing it. And I think being around them, knowing like personally, knowing them, being around them, I'm like, wow, you've done all this and I'm doing this. And like, I don't need no credit. Like you're the more amazing person and being around them and them being humble, I think made, made me more humble and not care about it that much. Like I'm doing it for myself. And all the stuff I learn is I'm learning from all, all my friends who are even more amazing than I am. And most people will never know because they're just as humble. And you know, unless you really got to know them and you're like, Oh, that guy did what? <laughs> and yeah, it's cool. We do know some pretty special people, but yeah. I think, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with being like, uh, you know, feeling a sense of accomplishment or no, not at all. I don't think you know? there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just, someone's uh i guess their style right in a way like i have friends who you know post and stuff and and i think it's great and there's nothing wrong or unnormal about it um and i support them uh there's i don't look at it any different way just because i'm i take it indifferently it's just a different way of showing how you want to see it um i just always like i don't need the light i don't know I just feel like when someone gives me, all right, I'll take it, you know, but I always like, to, I like to give back more. Like, that's the whole reason about this trail community, because I think people are giving me so much that I'm always giving back. That's why I became a pacer, because I want to help people achieve their goals, hit their goals, and see them, you know, accomplish stuff. And I coached at cross country for university for a year, two years, and it was the same thing. I I just want to do so much. It's not enough time and it's only me. <laughs> do you feel like that when people compliment you that you deserve the compliments or do you think, oh, well, I did this, but you should really be complimenting this person or are you like, thank you. Like that's, thank you. You know, just say, I'll thanks. take it. It just depends on who's saying it. it because sometimes I have friends who tell me that and I'm like, no, you're, you deserve more. Like you're way better than me. Uh, I'll take it, but I definitely, if someone's better than me, I have to make sure I let them know right away. And then at that moment, well, just because one person is better than the other doesn't, or has a faster time doesn't mean like the other person shouldn't get a, like, shouldn't be like, shouldn't feel accomplished or get a compliment, you know, yeah, like, I'll take the compliment. Like the thing where people never want to run with me because they think I'm too fast. And I'm like, First of all, like, I don't run every r run at six-minute pace. Second of all, like, who, I'll run at your pace. Like, or we can do whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that like I've had to embrace. Like people are going to compliment you and you just got to say thank you. Well, yeah, you're super fast and you're right. You don't always yeah, run a six minute I, pace. I mean, <laughs> I, I can be fat. It's comparative, you know, like compared to like, I don't know, like Susie over here. Yeah, maybe I'm fast but compared to Des Linden over here. I'm not. But like, if somebody tells me I'm fast, I'm going to say thank you regardless because it's all com like, it's all relative. Yeah, I definitely appreciate them telling me that. Um, but I always tell people there's always going to be someone faster than you and there's always going to be someone slower than you. There's always going to be someone looking up to you and you're always going to be looking up to someone else. Okay, so does that stop you from like appreciating when your friend is like, you're really fast and then you want to be like, but you're faster, so it doesn't matter. Like, no, yeah, damn it, I'm Devang and I'm fast. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not good at taking compliments compliments i'll admit it i'm not i'm not good at it that's something i could work on uh i do take it at times but i'm just so used to giving feedback back to them right away that like i don't think about taking it in for myself that i'm looking for another thing to tell them like what they're good at as soon as someone tells me what i'm good at i try to find what they're better at right and tell them because i feel like when you give compliments you, you want you should give back sure sure but also, I think you should, like, take the compliment first and then return the compliment. Yeah, I'll work on that. <laughs> Maybe after Manitou's where I'm like, wow, Devane, great job. You can be like, thanks. Well, like, last year, I definitely say I took in a lot of compliments from Manitou's. That I can say. Well, good, good. Because you deserve it. You really do. I look up to you. It's, it's wonderful. Like, love, I love seeing what you do. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm very happy to have known you. Yeah, that was an unexpected uh, PR. I had no idea. Um, I had to turn it half. I had to turn it on halfway when I looked at the clock. I was like, "Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm gonna finish before dinner, not just before dark." Well, it was either I'm gonna finish and not feel good for the rest of the day, or I could just finish and play it safe. And I think I took the risk last last year. Feeling like crap after races, though, is the best kind of feeling like crap. Yeah, but I always look forward to hanging out. So last year, I really didn't get to have that much fun. But now but, you can live in glory. Well, then I was like, the result is going to last for like for a while. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to this time. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have that chance to PR again. I think we take sometimes take it for granted when we're in shape. I think you know that as well. Okay. I think we both been in shape and we're like, no, I could, I'm, I'm faster than this. I need to train more. I need to be better. Sometimes we don't realize when we're actually in shape until we get injured or like we're retraining ourselves again. And we're like, oh man, I was in shape last year. Got the good old days when I was young and in shape. Last year, I'm like, oh man, I should, I should have been training. I should have been in better shape. And I look back from this year to last year. I'm like, man, I was in better shape than this year. So, you know, there's always <laughs> that that issue, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's all fun. I mean, we all just do this for fun. So as long as we can still keep getting out there, you know, I think that's your – I take that as your attitude, and I think that's great. I just do it because, like, life has too many problems. I just need to – it's like therapy for me. Mm-hmm. And it's Especially just like – now. Oh, yeah. I've been – you know, before this, uh, this talk, you know, we've been going up and down in life. Uh, so it's like finally feeling better again. It's kind of good. Yeah. So you, uh, I, I'm glad to hear that you are, uh, running and, uh, I will be 
anxious to hear how Manitou's goes, and we will finish this conversation when uh, when you get back. Definitely. All right, I'll talk to you then, okay? Sounds great. So we are back with Devang post Manitou's weekend. I can't wait to hear all about it, all the details. Uh, it looks like it was a little rainy on you. It was rainy on me and my workout as well. So, um, but I think I preferred that to like the 100% humidity that I've had a couple times. So, um, yes. there we go. That's a little better, isn't it? All right. Um, so, tell me about it. You uh, ended up going out. How how to go? Uh, so I ended up going up to the Catskills, uh, the same weekend where it's always Manitou's, but this year it was canceled. So there was a lot of our teammates were there. Um, everybody had different plans, but it was nice to run into a lot of the teammates. I decided to run and join Ryan, and he was going for Manitou's 100, which was Manitou's plus the Cattails uh, Marathon. That Mike puts on, plus part of the scarment. So it was some crazy stuff. I decided to join him. Like some issues to work through, or like death wish. Uh... Yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, we're just a bunch of crazy runners who just love being outdoors in the nature. Yeah. Um, so I decided to join him. Uh, I did not realize that. Like I knew it was going to rain. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Um, I can deal with. He, you, you know, being humid or snow or ice, but I don't do well in rain. Really? Yeah, for some reason. I know you've been to one of the races where I ran in the rain and mud. Yes, yes, in your, like, <laughs> 50s. Rest in peace. I was supposed to do that this year. <laughs> yeah, um, so I decided to join him. We started at on um, Saturday, like, 4 a.m. Okay. Um, we started at the escarpment trailhead at the old road and we did part of the escarpment, which goes into Manitou's. We did the whole Manitou's and right in the beginning, it was very nice. The weather was beautiful. Got a nice little uh, morning sunshine and everything. And then came a little bit of drizzle around like 11 ish. And then before we headed into the devil's path, of course, because cast, you know, Casco is not hard enough and with the Devil's Pass, so had to make it more challenging somehow. So All came right. the thunderstorm, which lasted for like five hours. And it just, as people who've done the Devil's Path and all that stuff, they know how hard it is and technical it is. With the mud and slippery rocks, it just made it that much more difficult and challenging. Um, my problem was pretty much the mud and my feet being wet all day. Um, just was very, very tough on me. Uh, and then like being cold, um, halfway point, like around mile 20, right before the devil's path, uh, we saw some of our teammates and it was nice and seeing our crew to fill up bottles and get gels and all the snacks before the big technical part. And it just decided to pour. And then we managed to get through it and kept pushing through but me and ryan i don't think we shared that much words at that point it was just <laughs> it just got to like let's get through this uh whatever it takes and then we pushed through he he loves the rain he was enjoying it i wasn't a fan of it just because 
once my feet gets wet and everything gets wet, it gets too soggy for me and my skin. And it just, and that's what ended up happening. After the rain stopped, we just kept going through a lot of puddles and lots of mud. And my, fat, my feet just kept staying wet and it didn't help because by the end, um, it, it made me decide to like stop because it was just hurting too much to every step. Yeah. So I got to the so end of the finish line. Feet. Like, let's talk about the feet. So I, I'm notorious, like my feet are awful. Like just, they're shaped weird and I always have my correct toes in and like, I do so much foot maintenance just personally and I'm not running like what in the stuff you guys are, but like uh, my feet are sore. Like they, the sides hurt. Like it's, I mean, it's a deal. And so I can imagine, and I know like, cause I've done races where just it's wet and stuff like your feet almost get, they get like raw and it's like raw yeah. feet. And then like they, and they get all like weird and like pruney, but, the, but like, it just hurts like touching anything. It's just so tender. It's like you yes. burn the bottom of your feet. <laughs> and but it's not burned they're not burned they're like burned by water it's weird and it hurts so bad like every step so i completely understand like is that what happened yeah you hit the key words right there like as like every time i touched something and my foot was inside the shoes and even with the soles my soles were half half up and around it just moved and everything was off because of the water going in and stuff but like my feet, like you said, being soaking wet, even just the bottom of the foot, like when I put my foot down with the shoes, it just hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept pushing and pushing, but then I decided to pull the plug at the end of the uh, finish line of Manitou's, which was around like 55 miles. And going into the night, uh, I decided to not go just because it wasn't, I just made a smart move not going into it because there's not many locations where I would see someone that can pick me up or if something happened and I didn't want to take that risk. Yeah. It's just, it hurts. And then if you nick something, of course, cause like that place is rocky, like that sucks even more. And it's like, for, I don't know about you, but like sometimes it like, even if I don't, I like will start to cry. Like it hurts so bad. Like, and you're just pissed. Like, because you're like, if this would be wonderful, if my feet just didn't hurt, like I'm Correct. fit, I'm ready to go, but it's like my feet hurt, you know? Yeah. Like we took it easy knowing that we were going to do the whole entire thing. Uh, and like, I didn't make that decision until the very end. Um, I was like, I was still hoping because I was feeling really good. Usually after doing like a 50 technical like this, I don't, I usually push through and don't feel too good, but I was able to eat like, pizza at the end and I was ready to go but my feet just every step and I just said you know what even though I feel good and I would have loved to push that at the end it just wasn't a good move and it was tough because you know you prep for it I had people come out and do all this so I sometimes I feel sad for because getting people to come out and do this but then I also feel appreciated like I got in what I did and came out survived (laughs) I mean, your initial plan was to do Manitou. It's not the whole thing, right? Or like the whole like Manitou's and Cat's Tail. Our initial plan was try to do the 100 with Ryan, but uh, I know he's in way better shape than me. He's an amazing runner, strong runner. And when I stopped, he kept pushing through uh, after Manitou's finish. And I think he went all the way to the end he just missed like the last 10 miles or so 
um, which was pretty incredible. And then he pulled the plug. And that guy never pulls the plug. He'd done, like, some amazing races and amazing stuff. So he pushed through further than me, and he had the same issue. The foot was just messed up. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how you can train for that. Like, what do you do? Just, like, like it's raining now. Like, try to just go outside and just, like, barefoot down the road. Like, just run and, like, rip up my feet. Like, you can't really train, like, train for that. It kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, but it's, like I said, this, usually you learn from your failures. This one, I felt like I did mostly pretty much everything well. And the only thing I couldn't control is the weather. And so I'm kind of like, okay with that. But I just really wish the trip was like, ah, oh, I want to see if I could have done it, you know? Well, I mean, next weekend, see how everything's going on? Like, I uh, try. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So you, um, how long did it take about? Because you said you were going pretty chill and it was like kind of uh, So my watch actually died <laughs> before I got to the Matthews finish. I think my watch died, let me see, just before I did the last climb. And then um, I didn't even care at that point. I just like, you know what, it hurts. I just got to get to the finish line. I mean, you know you did it. So it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're like, you know, I mean, your feet know. Yeah, I my watch died around 47.5 miles. And okay. I still had at least up to 55 miles. I did like something up close to 55 with still much gain. I think we got up to like 50, about 55 miles and 15,000 feet of gain, so. Um, and how long did it take you? Um, I think uh, we started at four, finished around like nine, 15. I think it was like 17 hours and 30 minutes. I think 17 hours. That's so badass, Devang, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool, because it was like, pretty it was raining pretty hard but you see you said you got cold like i think i think the rain feels good when it's like hot out rain does feel good but in the morning what happened was i usually wear a long sleeve or something just to keep i like to stay comfortable <laughs> and then i took it off because it was getting humid and hot in the climbs because when you're climbing you're you know your body you're breathing heavy and you're using more of your body so I took it off and then it started raining and it was okay. Then it started raining a lot. And then when we got to the top of the mountains where it was open and it kept raining, once I was soaking wet and you, it gets a little hot, then it's the temperature keeps changing. So you get cold mm -hmm. and I wasn't moving as fast. So it wasn't like my body was creating more heat either. Yeah, that's true. I remember on, we started to work out with my friend Bella on Saturday and I remember like, we were finishing the cool down and we finished at her house and then she lives like a half a mile away from me. So I just jogged back home and I remember thinking like, you know, I might want oatmeal today. It might be a warm breakfast day. <laughs> so no, I completely understand. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it's not like I have like an extra six and you and I don't exactly have like that extra coat of warm no. on the outside, you know? No, I did get a poncho half, uh, around like mile 25, 26. So it helped a little. But the thing is, the the trails are so narrow and yeah. everything, all the tree, like the roots and plants were sticking more. It was, in, um, it was more overgrown. So I kept touching it with my shoulders. So all the water from all the leaves would just keep drenching on me. So 
Oh, well, I'm glad you had a companion. Um, so when you're out there, you guys are kind of suffering together. You said it was a little quiet, but was most of it like you guys just talking and chilling and having a good day out there? Yeah, it was actually a great day. Uh, I love running with friends and connecting and just talking. You just talk about whatever comes to your mind. We saw, we saw like a snake. We, saw, we had a porcupine on the trail running in front of us for a little bit. Um, saw birds, saw frogs. Um, so it was nice, you know, we took, we took it in as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we stopped at the views, took pictures. So do you buy that plane? Yes. That's pretty cool. I always, that's like the only memory from escarpment that I actually like. <laughs> because once you get to the plane after that it was all downhill to the finish yeah and things got real worse so uh <laughs> that's that's kind of fun um so this was more like do you think that if it was a race um you would have pushed through or do you think that your feet were pretty messed up and you might have dropped um if it was a race I would have tried to keep going a little bit more just because I knew there would be more aid stations and where I can drop out. Um, but I didn't want to take the chance now because it's not worth, because if I went, I wouldn't have seen anyone for like hours. Mm -hmm. and, and if I did decide to drop out, I would have to still continue and suffer, which I don't mind. I've been there and done that, but sometimes you just got to know what's best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and seeing people really does make a difference, you know, um, especially because I find in my races, I'm usually running alone for some, for a lot of part. So like just seeing somebody in an aid station, is just kind of important to me, you know, and um, with like the changes that are probably going to happen when races, if races resume when they do, like less aid stations, not manned aid stations, stuff like that, I'm kind of a little bit nervous because that's just another part of ultra running that I enjoy like I get a boost from going into the aid station and just seeing another person um so yeah I just I wonder about races in the future how how uh how I'll handle that but I don't plan on racing anytime soon so I don't have to worry about it yet <laughs> yeah I enjoy the same thing I enjoy the part of seeing people and it's always nice to run into people and like seeing friends, meeting people. It's always the best part of the running, but you're fast either way. So I don't think your time's going to change that much. <laughs> I mean, it, but also, but it might like prevent me from entering races. Uh, that's true. You know, we talked about the community and the community is really important to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, and I don't know, but you know just like we talked about earlier i'm just running and chilling it's fine whatever it's you know it is yeah. what it is well you don't have to do the race part you can just hang out with friends and that's the true Go for um, yeah that's true it's like but i'm also someone do you like running in groups well you must because you do that pacing thing like i find like one or two people max is how many people i like to run with on like a training run yeah i like running with friends and talking and stuff but then there's also times where i like running on my own and just being in my own thoughts and my own pace so it's a mix um it's a mix of both in the trails i don't like huge groups i like like you said two two or three people max 
so I can yeah. talk and we're close and you know because it's the trails but like pacing I have big groups because I'm trying to help as many people as I can yeah <laughs> um but as for the trail goes it's pretty usually a small group but at the finish um it's always a big group which is the best part yeah yeah like I don't mind hanging out with a lot of people but sometimes like when going on group runs it's just it sort of gives me anxiety um and also I like to talk to people and also on runs is when like you know you have some of your deepest conversations so it's a lot easier to do that with like just one or two people rather than like you're in a sea of 20 people and you know there's one guy at the front that's like trying to get some Strava segment and you're like hello please slow down I'd like to run a nine minute mile thanks <laughs> um and yeah no it's just I was just, just curious well, who but, knows? Um, you start I doing, let, wait, sorry, go. I said, who knows? Maybe you might start doing interviews on the run and getting those deep conversations. Maybe. I mean, um, a, a couple of people have asked about that, but I, I don't know. I mean, I like doing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, Lottie. And also, I don't have, I don't run with people that often. I mean, maybe a couple times a week, but not super often. And also, like, the people that I'm running with now aren't exactly like East Coast trail runners or East Coast elite trail runners. So um, I don't know if they exactly fit the demographic that Ian wants me to go for here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to play a game really quick. Um, okay. I listened to a podcast um, with Jay Friedman, our teammate, and they did their ideal aid station. So I'm going to ask you these questions. And um, you can think about them or just give me the first thing that comes to mind. But so we're going to pick different things that we want at our ideal aid station. And so are you ready to play? I'm kind of nervous now. I mean, you should have like, I'm, I'm thinking you'll be like, this will be fresh in your mind because you just did an ultra event where like, you know, the races that I've been doing, I just need a couple of gels and I'm fine. Okay, let's give it a try. All right, so um, what is one salty snack that you want at your ideal aid station? Uh, potato chips. Okay. Uh, for me, I said pickles. Well, pickles might definitely number two. The It was up there. Pickles actually came to my mind first, but potato chips, I just crave something crunchy. Yeah, um, potato chips were number two for me. Bonus yeah. for salt and vinegar. Okay, um, uh, ideal sweet snack. Uh, gummy bears. Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. I said watermelon. Oh, I love watermelon. I know. I haven't had that, so I didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. But, like, you forget about it, but, like, when it's there, you're, like, Yes. Or, um, the good orange slice every once in a while. Also orange. Any fruit, I always yeah. say, would be number one. Yeah, that's true. Any fruit. I changed my answer. Okay, well, we could do candy, like favorite sweet candy. I mean, that's fine. Gummy bears works. Um, okay, uh, hot food. Um, vegetarian noodles. Yes, like noodles. yes, dang. Noodle soup is the correct answer. Yes. So good, especially like extra noodles, and you can just like slurp that down. Oh. So, yes. um, or if they only have broth, this is a pro tip, crunch up some potato chips 
put it in the broth and then you could slurp it down. Oh, it's so good. I've done that for the 10 mini 10. Yes. 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 It's so good. Oh man. Yes. Okay. You've already won this game, but here we have a couple more questions. Um, sports drink. This is tough. Uh, right now I've been enjoying Tailwind. Tailwind's been this year has been changing my game. I wish I would have more chances to use in the race, but I used it for Manitou's and it was great because of the calories and everything I need. I didn't cramp. So it's, I'm using it more this year. So I'm going to say the Tailwind is definitely my go-to right now. Yeah, I, I like Tailwind too. Yeah. Um, but also like I only ever drink Mountain Dew in a race. So is that like a sports drink? Because like well, I would never drink that. Well, if you say if you ask for what's your favorite soda to have at the aid station, mine would be like Coca Cola. Okay, yeah, that's what Jay said. But then the next question is, what's your favorite non-sports drink? It would have been Coca Cola. So mine's sparkling water or cold brew. Mm. That's so good. Like it's like caffeine, like a little life, like just like. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Okay. Um item like any item that could be in your drop bag or that they have at the aid station um anything like that for like gear wise or eating uh gear yeah not food uh headlamp headlamp oh, okay my headlamp uh works for three hours that's all i need mine works throughout the night and i love my headlamp uh, yeah, I remember when I bought it and um, Amelia Kaufman, one of our teammates, was like, why would you get a headlamp that only works for three hours? I'm like, because I'm not running in the dark for longer than three hours, ever. And she's like, what about when you do 100? And I'm like, I better be fucking done before it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fast enough, so I'm sure you'll get it done before the dark. Or I'll just do it on a track. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, mine actually was petroleum jelly um, because not only is it good lube for like every place that you forget about, especially when it's raining, you can also use it on your lips, which you can't with Squirrel's Nut Butter and Body Glide. Nice. Because so, like, you know, when it's hot out, you forget and then you get ch lip chat lips. That's the worst. <laughs> Little things make a difference. Yes. All right. And last question celebrity that you want at your aid station to like bring you in and give you some cheer any of my best friends celebrity oh, this celebrity celebrity aid station like friends <laughs> don't count because i was like probably ian but that doesn't count because like you know um, anyone i guess uh killian i guess oh yeah that's that's a good answer actually Mine was Ellie Greenwood. I mean, she was that's, named after me, so. That's a, there's so many amazing celebrities, like, runners yeah. I would like, but as for, like, awesome guy, Killian would definitely bring me in. Like, I'll be sprinting in no matter how much pain I am to see. Yeah, I'd be, my heart might, like, drop out of my chest. Like, I probably would just not be able to continue. I'm just like, no, just <laughs> hold me. Did you see his most recent uh, rest day, like, video? No, uh, I no, he, he was like, uh, oh, of course, Killian, you know where he lives. So he, he has been, like, training on the road or something, but he was, like, getting 
tired or fatigued or something like overuse. So he like just decided to like summit some ridge line. So of course, like he's like on this path and there's just like drop offs. And I'm just oh, like, Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> <freak of> nature. <laughs> I didn't know that was recovery, though. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, when I read when I read the caption, it was like taking a break and resting, or like recovery from my road training. And I'm just like my recovery from road training is like lying on my bed, which yeah. I did today. Um, so his recovery runs, his recovery runs are most people's race day if they yeah. can do that. <laughs> I mean, he is just a specimen that is, you know, just everything about like the way he was raised like unintentionally too just like prepared him for what he's doing it's really it's yeah. really amazing yes but yeah that's a good one but the uh, the cool thing i was thinking about with like especially ultra runner elite celebrities is like you could actually see them at your aid station like it's possible it's not like lebron james ain't coming to my local pickup like you know what i mean but like I mean, you could you could meet Courtney or Camille or Jim well, at one of your races. Courtney was my second pick, actually. Well, they're both not my number one pick, but I, it just killing came to my mind because, like you said, I saw that video just recently. Yeah. Up on the cliff. So, but Courtney would have been the other person as well. True. She'd just be good. Also, if you were like having a shitty race, she'd be like, "Yeah, man, here's some jelly beans." Yeah, and she's like a great person to drink an IPA with at the finish line. She'll cheer you on. You you. You know, you're excited and you just crack a beer and just have a good time. So yeah. Just, like, just chill. Great. We have some really special people in our sport. Yes. Well, Zemang, with your answer of about soup, you won the game we just played. Congratulations. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yes. Cheers to you. So how's your recovery been? Uh, recovery been pretty well. Uh, my foot uh, just started feeling much better today. Um, the skin was just like, oh, needed to like recover from it. But as for body, it recovered. I didn't run hard, so it recovered pretty well, even with all the climbing and stuff and the downhills. Um, I was, I felt pretty good by Monday, I would say. But so you, you, I mean, you're not really able to train on terrain like that. So I feel like, how do you maintain like? The, just the pounding going down like because that is like sort of jarring like that is what makes me sore after races when I've not been like doing it so much so how like I guess how do you mitigate that well this time I told myself to be light as possible when I'm going up or down and then um I also decided to not jog as much uh like power hike and walk really fast and it's been working for me. I I think my little secret skill is like walking fast, and I well, think you, going your down, legs are so long. You can like get up the mountain in like two strides. Well, your legs are even longer than mine. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, we had like the leg discussion today between um, a couple like my my housemate Paige and my workout buddy Harry. I was like, I think my legs go up to here. <laughs> I'm just legs and then head. Yeah, my legs are long, but they're not strong as many people in the mountains. But um, they're still helpful when it comes to scrambling through. Yeah. Stuff. Glide over them, you know. Yeah. So when I'm going down and up hills, I'm pretty much power hiking a lot. I try not to jog at, um, or run as much, or like, like if I can do a little speed walking down, and just, and I think it's been helping. 
So I did a lot of that this weekend. Also because the pace was slower. You can't really do that when you're going fast. But I think yeah. it helped me save energy and help with the pounding a lot. Mm-hmm. It's also when it was slippery, you know, it's just like going down. You just got to be careful. Yeah, I, I, I taped up my ankle. Uh, I have so many memories and scars from rolling my ankle. So I, I taped up my ankle this time. But even that, with all the rain and stuff, my my legs were just done. <laughs> so what was the best part? Uh, best part? I guess seeing uh, people at the A station. So I had someone, my friend Otto crew me, and Ryan had his wife Alex crew him. And then I every time I got to see them, I, like, I would have felt miserable. When I saw them, I got, like, excited. And I'm like, when's the next time I'm going to see you? When's the next? So like, then I know how much time I have to be out there. Like, I enjoy the whole rate, like the course and everything, and took everything in. But I think like the excitement part, it was always nice to see like friends because you're in the woods and you're having a good time and like seeing all these animals and nature and sun and rain. But like, it's always for me seeing my friends always makes me excited and fun. Yeah. That's so cute. You're like, when's the next time I'm going to see you? It's like you're in a relationship and you're like, oh, when do I get to see you again? Oh, It's true. <laughs> That's so fun. So um, you recover and you have any, what's next? What are, what are you excited to do now? Uh, nothing. So I was hoping to knock out the 100, uh, but since that didn't happen, I had to figure out to do a 100 this year. So even if it's something with a friend or something like we might come up with this group or might sign up for a race if things go back to normal down the line or a little bit normal and races start to happen, maybe try to do 100. Um, that's the goal. Until then, just stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I'm busy back to work and stuff, it's just like, all right, I'm in. I'm enjoying it, taking it easy. I told myself after July 4th weekend, I'll start running again until now and just taking a break. Good for you. Good. It's good to hear that because, you know, you did put in a really impressive effort and, you know, um, you made the right decision and you still ran up basically, okay, Manitou's is like a 100 mile race. So you still ran a 100 mile race and, you know, um, take, yeah, I'm really glad to hear you sound very content. And, you know, that's uh, like we talked about earlier or in our last interview, it's sometimes hard to be content when there's, you know, we have these amazing, we're blessed with amazing friends. And um, so sometimes it's uh, hard to take our accomplishment when when we have friends that are doing the same things that we are. But um, you did something really awesome, Domingue, and it's, I'm really (laughs) glad that you were, you shared that with me. Uh, Thank you. Uh, well, uh, uh, thank you again for doing this two-part interview, and uh, your adventures sound really awesome, and uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yep, hope, hopefully you join me in the trails. <laughs> I, You know, I have a whole top floor of a house, so if you ever are like, I'm going to run 100 miles the Cayuga Trails course twice, or I guess it would be four times, uh, you know what, I'll come, I could crew you for that. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Or at good. least I'll meet you with some soup and watermelon. Well, hopefully, I don't know if Cayuga is still going to happen or not, but. I don't know either. Uh, 
that happens. I'll be I'll be out there. Well then hopefully I'll see you shortly. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, Devang. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.